0: The following is a series of candid conversations. The content is intended for informational purposes only and is not a substitute for seeking help from a mental health care professional. To learn more info regarding additional disclaimers, privacy policies, and terms and conditions, please visit HelloDrTammy.com.
1: Bonjour. Hello. This is Dr. Tammy, your host of Psychologist Say, a podcast where we create conversations about everyday life from a clinical psychologist's perspective. I'm joined by my production team, Rob Jolly and Kyler McGillis, and today we're going to be talking about high-functioning anxiety. I'm joined today by my production team, Rob Jolly and Kyler McGillis. You guys want to say a shout-out?
2: Shout-out to the squad, uh, the podcast squad, getting this going and bringing some awesome episodes. Uh, Appreciate you all.
1: All right. And Rob? Shout-out
0: to my wife. Oh, how Christina. sweet.
1: Yeah, out there in KZU. And, uh, yeah. Thanks oh, for God. having me. Yeah, good. Yeah. So thank you guys. And yes, shout out to all of our listeners. And, uh, I guess now, do I have to give a shout out to my husband? Or one upper? So Rob just like has to personalize this to his wife. So, uh, you know, <laughs> shout out to my husband. Okay. Now let's get on with this. Today we'll be talking about a. Uh, form of anxiety that Kyler really wanted to bring up a conversation on. And it's called high functioning anxiety. So I'm going to let Kyler begin the conversation with me and just kind of let me know why uh, he picked this topic.
2: Yeah, for sure. So let it be known to the viewers that um, I didn't even know what high functioning anxiety was until I worked at a a clinic this summer this past summer but uh learned a lot more about psychology than i think i should have uh, okay yeah pretty much okay. what uh from what i've learned i guess since then um is that i do have high functioning anxiety and a lot of it just comes down to um constantly putting my mind at work uh when i realize that not everybody is kind of like that uh you know you have a million things running through your head you gotta keep busy uh so you don't overthink about a lot of things. Um, you know, I think that's like kind of how I think that I'm getting a lot of work done, but I'm also putting a lot of stress on my, uh, you know, on my brain, on my mental health and everything. So kind of just interested in learning more about that or, um, kind of creating more awareness that uh, people should know about, uh, kind of balancing between that. So
1: that, that's beautiful. And, and you, we might as well just let the listeners in on this is that you were working here at, at our clinic, at my clinic. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> we know what we, we might as well let that, let that out. Uh, mm-hmm. so you were surrounded by also, uh, some high functioning anxiety people. Would you like our team? Would oh, you yeah. not agree? Okay. Yes. So this is a topic. I'm, I'm glad to bring it up because, uh, it's something that I struggle with myself. And I think, uh, it's something that many people don't know, like you, that it's out there and, uh, there's a certain type of personality that can fit into like a high um, functioning anxiety where like what you said is, it's, it's about productivity. And it's about when you hear that word function, you know, it's, it, it's a, it, it's something that when from the outside, people look at you and you, you, these people look superhuman, you know, they're super, you know, they have some kind of superpower. How are they doing it? One of the most common questions that I get from people is when do you sleep? And that's their impression of, you know, whatever I'm doing looks to be something that is, um is so much work that I, I don't have time to rest. That, that's what their interpretation is. And in some way, you know, they're right. Uh, not right now. I've, I, I've, I've learned to like balance this. And so this is something that I wasn't aware of even as a psychologist, because there are so many different types of anxiety that I treat. And, uh, now that I'm focusing more on working with, uh, and coaching and talking with high functioning people, uh, that are, um, are just at a level of uh, producing that there's a drive inside of them that other not everybody can uh, relate to. And it's something that really is constant. Some people can't relate to that. And so we, those people who are high functioning anxiety means on the outside, they look like they have it all together.
3: Yeah. Success.
1: And-
2: Product. And I remember, I think I remember you saying that, um, like, well, how do you spot it? You know, like how do you find mm-hmm. like your friends or other people that have it? And I think I remember you saying that, like, you sort of, it's the people that strive for perfectionism and, you know, feeling that everything kind of has to align or it has to be perfect in what their work is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that that was one way to kind of spot it for me. Um, okay. And obviously, being reassured of everything, you know, sometimes overthinking the small things that shouldn't be, uh, you know, overthinked about. I don't know, that's not a word, but you know what I yeah. mean? Overthought, but uh, well,
1: yeah. yeah, overthinking, overanalyzing. And, uh, you know, that's people in general who are, I, I call ach- the anxious creatures. You know, this is part of an anxious brain is to kind of be in this mode of overanalyzing overthinking and then um when you have somebody that maybe is more of a that personality that's driven and they like to produce and they like to take risk and they like to feel stimulated uh that's that's kind of where you can you can see that perfectionism not only in the high functioning but also in in general and people with with um with the, the the other types of anxiety disorders so that's where that that level of perfectionism can um, go across the board. And it's not only with those who are striving productivity. So I think in some ways, it's looking at perfection in work or in what I'm doing um, in terms of my profession. So that's how I see the difference is I'm... You know the people like me because uh, i'm I have this type of uh, uh, um, characteristic, so I don't have perfection. I'm surrounded by chaos most times in so many areas of my life. yet when it comes to my job and what I do professionally, that's right. where perfection this is this is where I will um, put all of my energy, thought, and time into what I'm creating and what I'm um, with the way I'm professionally representing something. So I think that's something where an, a high functioning, um, productive driven um, person can create so much anxiety about seeking this perfection yet in one area, that's the unbalanced nature of somebody who. Maybe would try to be perfect across the board, you know, perfect in terms of I want my house to be clean, spotless. Uh, I don't want anybody to come into my car unless it's spotless. I want to make sure all of my photos are edited so that people don't judge me when, if I post them. Mm-hmm. They want, they, they kind of strive for protection, you know, this, this perfection across the board. And, uh, so that, that's a key difference to think about. At least with that, there's more balance, right?
3: Yeah. <laughs> so,
1: when, um, when you're giving it all to your work and you get into your car and it's a mess and your gas tank is about empty. I think we're hit with the reality of I'm not even close to perfect. I'm about running out of gas. My car looks a mess. I don't even want anybody to come into it. I get home. I'm exhausted. My house is somewhat clean, but it's, you know, I got, I got stuff that I haven't done just to do my basics. I'm out of milk. I'm out of eggs. I don't have, you know, it's kind of like, so the high functioning anxiety person who is is nailing work or they're nailing leadership or they're nailing um, their business, whatever they're doing, they're doing it so well. And there's this, this inner struggle because they can see that there's no balance. They're giving it all in this one area. And so when they, they see the chaos around them, they can really have a sense of inadequacy. Almost like maybe a little bit of an imposter, you know, that imposter syndrome, which can result in a lot of like, well I I'm not doing it well enough. I, I should have you know, that word should, you know, this this cognitive expectation that we need to be doing all things well or better. That's where they kind of question themselves, because when you're in that category, you're very aware that things around you may be falling apart. Mm
3: -hmm. You know,
1: maybe that you know, you're not sleeping, you know, you're feeling burned out, yet you keep driving this, you know, that maybe your relationships are struggling because you're working late, or you're creating something new, or you're taking on another task. And so that's kind of the um, how somebody with a high functioning. It doesn't mean they're just high func. It means they appear to be doing so well.
2: Right, like they and, do well in like certain situations that other people may see them at. You know, like oh wow, you know, like that person's getting their thing, like everything done, you know, like perfectly. But you don't see the backstory of it either, you know. You don't um, get to
1: look inside their fridge.
2: And are they? Yeah, exactly. That's a good
1: way to put it. Honestly, no, I I always say like this is how I do my self check. You know, when when my life's getting too chaos and I know I'm I'm unbalanced and I'm putting too much in, uh, you know, you I go into my closet and I take a good look, and I'm like, okay, this, uh, you know, I got stuff on the floor, stuff's not hanging out hung up. You know, I'm starting to not place. It's starting to look like chaos in here, but people can't see that except for me and then so it's the same thing with your fridge and I also say the the interior of your car if you're somebody that you get into your car and you just look around and think oh my gosh I hope nobody asks to you know catch a ride today because they're going to see I'm a mess yet I'm also you know I also own a business I'm doing well financially uh, I seem to have a good group of friends, you know, I'm, I'm looking, I've got an award, you know, all of this achievement stuff. And so I think that's why it's so hard to maybe even think about losing or messing up because what happens to identity then? If part of an, an achiever's identity is about um, their achievements, their productivity, what they're accomplishing. That maintains ongoing anxiety, feeding and uh, a frenzy. Where if you're starting to flatline uh, in work, you're going to probably pick that up again because your anxiety is going to start to say, "I'm a failure." And right. then, how do we combat that failing? But by getting more productive.
2: Another experience that I used to deal with uh, when I played, you know, high school basketball, and then mm-hmm. I went off to college a little bit, um I started to notice that it was really getting to me a lot when practice like games didn't go well, right? Like it started with games, like when I didn't play a very good basketball game, you know what I mean? Like it would affect my mood for sometimes even like a week at a time. It was extreme. Sure. Like I would be constantly thinking about that game until the next one, until I can improve it, right? But then I started thinking, okay, well I can't get I can't get that upset over it. So then it became like a day you know, after a game, but then it also started to, uh, happen with practices as well, you know, like sure. practice. Well. So the only thing that I got from that though, afterwards is realizing that I shouldn't let one thing affect my mood for so long. Right. Like why should I be so upset in one, you know, uh, activity and then have it affect all my other activities. Right. So that's kind of where I started to see it. Like now looking back at, uh, Kind of comparing that to, you know, now work or comparing it now to uh, some things I enjoy to do. Um, Just not getting so stressed out about a lot of those things. You know, like, sometimes it's going to be a bad day or sometimes it's going to be a bad practice or a bad, you know, day at work. And I think that that's okay. You know,
1: Well, and, and really like that's, that's something that you're, it sounds like you're trying to apply now in, in terms of your, you know, you're, you're running a nonprofit, right? You're in these stages of, uh, development, creating. And again, I think, uh, it's hard for us to realize that there's whatever is a performance situation that you care about it's it, you're not going to do less in one area you're going to maximize both so i want you to think about if you were an athlete you were also a student and i i can almost guarantee you were a top-notch student
3: yeah and see, see okay
1: the <laughs> so no but this is this is where I, this is when you hear that word high functioning means dang i'm i'm doing this in several things i'm doing it well I'm, you know, I appear to be, I'm functioning in society, I'm contributing. Yet, when you think about uh, the amount of work it takes to to just function well in one area, and add on to that, you weren't just thinking about basketball, it was an area that uh, you felt control, you could improve on that. Yet, just, I I want you to think about the amount of stress to, to For just a student to be able to get a good, you know, good marks and do well in school. And the amount of perfectionism you probably had in performing well as a student, plus as a basketball player and an athlete, plus whatever else was another area of achievement for you. So that's where this can start to get complex. And this is where other people that maybe struggle with anxiety, they may say, Oh, I would avoid all of that. I would, I do not want to add stress. I would not do that. Like, so that's the thing that some people have anxiety where instead of seeking risk and seeking more, they would actually, they want to avoid that feeling. So they would, maybe that's the exact opposite of what they would do is try to have, uh be perfect in multiple things. They may be able to say, I, that thought of that even, is even overwhelming to have that, that much responsibility in this many areas. So that's kind of a difference when you think there's these, there's the, this is the group of people that I'm starting to work with. And when you look at their life, there are there's so many things they're doing. And this, this is where it's like, oh boy, you know, this is, this is getting where, um, some people are writing books. They're, ha- have their own business. They're speaking. They're holding on a job. They're volunteering. These are your, per- these are your doers. They're, what's the cost? They appear to be, you know, doing all things well. Yet there, there's always a cost to that. So there's there that there's different types of avoidance where your performance, they're gonna seek that anxiety. They they thrive on it. Uh, it it's exciting. It's stimulating. It, it gives them adrenaline and cortisol. So their body starts to run on that, and then they create more tasks. So yeah. versus somebody who is. Uh, avoidant because that anxious feeling they don't want to chase it they don't know how to get rid of it and the more they add on the more anxious they feel so then they say i need to step back so that's kind of the difference now when we're trying to think of groups of um, people who struggle with an anxiety disorder that uh they're having really real problems functioning you know going to work and being productive because all day or most of the day, they may be feeling the verge of panic, feeling inadequate, um, having maybe so much uh, social anxiety, or so much extreme worry that it's hard for them to function at work. So that, that those are the extremes when you start thinking of your producers that are in overdrive, and then your anxiety people that are, are 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 really struggling to feel comfortable to get through their day-to-day and yet in a in a way those two things are so common in terms of how anxiety feels inside our body
3: it's the mm-hmm. same
1: system of of being flooded with a, a, like a fear or um a response of some sort
0: to hear about uh, this no. uh, high functioning um does this have this lend a lot to when you know you do accomplish certain amount of things mm-hmm. and then resting like once you're done and that that high functioning does that kick in when you feel like you should be doing something even though you've finished everything that you need
1: yes to this is a, this is your key difference yes and mm-hmm. i'm glad you bring that up it's, i um
0: yeah. i deal i deal with it um mm-hmm. I uh, Really trying to take my days off and just relax.
1: Uh, how does that I, go for you?
0: It, I get really nervous. Um, there's, yeah. there, there'd be times where I just like, I'd have to run a checklist through my head to tell myself like, Hey, look, you don't have to do anything. Just relax, watch TV for a little bit or, you know, read a book. You're allowed to do that. And in my head, I'm like, well, I should be doing some editing. I should, uh, you I should call somebody. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: Well, that start now punish,
3: that,
0: putting that, that on myself.
1: Yes. And that should now. Now that's even a that word again is where um people feel so much guilt for resting. And uh especially like people there are. But yet it's not everybody. And that's where Kyler said, I didn't realize that I had this until I worked, you know, basically around other High functioning anxious people and we all have this similar chaotic energy. And, uh, you could, you could, you could see that there's, there is a difference. You, you think everybody maybe is doing this, yet no, this is not the way life is. There, there are, there, there has to be balance between being productive and then resting. And also then not just resting, but actual sleeping to reset your brain and your body so that you can get up and be productive again the next day. But then that that period of rest, when your body is flooded with adrenaline and cortisol and your muscles are tense and anxious from the day, it could be the most difficult thing for your body to... like. Understand it's not in work mode. So it, it it stays in that. And there's an inability to rest. You may even tell yourself that, like, rest, you deserve this. And yet your body and brain's going, No, you don't. This doesn't feel normal to you. You feel normal to you is boom boom boom, getting some kind of reinforcement from doing something productive that you can feel proud of or accomplished. Sitting binge watching reality TV works against your, your anxiety mode.
3: Right. So
1: there you go. So this is part of you're trying to give yourself permission to rest, yet your brain's not believing you. So your brain will believe what you tell it. Yet you also have to get your body used to how do I regulate? How do I uh, not just tell myself I deserve this, but how do I start to uh, calm my body so my brain and my body can both convince me that rest is uh, reinforcing, just as reinforcement, if not more than achievement? Does that kind of help yeah. you understand? And so one thing is, um so this is common. This is, it's a guilt. It's almost like, We've been trained, or we've trained ourselves, to feel guilty about rest. So the the brain feels we're doing something that is uh, counter. It, it, it's it's not productive. It's not the right thing to do. So when we say I should, that induces a sense of guilt, and guilt is a powerful uh, motivator to get us moving. We don't want to like be disappointed with ourselves.
0: Yeah, I'm disappointed. Like you look back at the time, and like I wasted that time. I should have been doing this. Oh, I could be doing this. I could be doing right. this. Just so is that
1: just what your brain, brain is telling you? Me.
0: For sure. Whenever, okay. whenever I'm trying to relax, and okay. you know, I'm getting better at it. I'm telling myself, "This is your day. Relax. Enjoy Does it." Does
1: your body believe you? So your mind is saying it. Does your emotion and body are they able to go? Oh, that's great. Yeah, let's do this. Just chill yeah. out, body. Re- Enjoy the day, like drop it all, pick it up tomorrow.
0: That's a hard thing to do. I, Mm -hmm. I have a hard time doing it. I get anxious and I got to get up and move. Like I feel like it Mm -hmm. in my hands, you know, like I should be Mm -hmm. moving something around. I should be like cleaning something. I don't know. I don't know what it comes from.
1: Yeah. And you're definitely not alone. You're definitely not alone. So I want to say that. And, uh, there's even a, uh, there's, there's definitely, there's, there's a book that, um, that I've, you know, I recommend a page. It's just, I think it's just called Rest, like learning how to rest. You know, so this is a common, common problem that, um, uh, we're in where somebody had to write a book about how to, how, for us to, you know, so what you're saying is, um, there are so many people struggling with that. And, uh, actually since COVID, I think people were forced out of their chaos and forced to eventually their body had to start resting. There was only so much stimuli you can do. And uh, if they go back and look at the social media from the start, you know, the first few days, weeks, months of how productive people got on Facebook to the end, you know, eventually people just, I think they couldn't cook anymore. They couldn't create anymore. They couldn't pretend... (laughs) And they were just their body was just resting because it had no shoulds. You, so, in a way, now the, the, the certain group of people are learning that ah, this is the this is how life is supposed to be. And so now the data shows they're working less, they're setting more limits at work, they're only doing um, I think they call it like passive work or. They're there and they'll only do what they, what they're supposed to do. They're no longer like willing to, to do extra jobs when people aren't coming to work. Uh, some pe- many people are choosing to not have a, a regular job. Many people are choosing to spend money on travel and rest and relaxation versus, uh, work, work, work and save, save, save or try to build up, um, some kind of nest egg for the future. So, I think the body is starting to notice rest is natural and normal. And why are we, why are we fighting that? And they've gotten a taste of how some of that can feel and they're trying to then continue on with that. So, that's, that's kind of like where you learn to, your body to regulate. And some people went right back to their old ways you know, when they could work, they all went back to work. They put in overdrive to make up for maybe the time they missed during the break. People got extra productive. So those are the extremes of um, following this. And I think we can really see it in in society now.
2: I think that's also like one of the things that we're seeing a lot too, is, you know, some of the, you know, the best workers at a company, you know, setting the bar so high as Mm -hmm. well consistently reach that bar is, uh, unrealistic. Um, you know, I just think that, yeah, over, uh, like COVID and everything now that it, people are able to work at home remotely, you know, a lot of, um, companies as well. Like I look into the consulting yeah. industry and, um, you know, are they moving back to the, you know, traveling four days a week and a lot of them aren't, you know, and I think that. Also helps a lot of people with their work-life balance, being able to go outside anytime they want for some sun or being able to, you know, spend that morning with their kids, you know, getting them to school. So mm-hmm. I do think that this will help, you know, a lot of uh, people with uh, high-functioning anxiety as well to choose those types of jobs that give you a little bit more choices, you know.
1: And and I think that's part of um, individual people learning that there, the balance everything everything needs to be some there needs to be some sort of balance and uh if it doesn't feel normal you will resist it yet after one to two years of functioning at a much slower pace your body then regulates to oh you know then you get back to a fast pace and the body's going wait this this isn't what you where you've been for the past year so that's the, the, um, piece where regulate, you know, when you can regulate that and it does take time. So it's looking at, uh, now even for yourself and other people who are getting back to, well, I'm on, and I call it rev. like I'm on rev, my body goes, 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 and I want to get back to that feeling. And many people are, they, they're, they're hitting it maybe even harder than ever now. Because they feel like I had two years to be productive. I should have finished that book. I should have started my blog. I should have started that business and they were productive. Yet their mind thought, look at all that time I had. Now I got to really make this up. So those are the kind of the differences of where what people are doing now.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And so, uh, it's for those people who know they're driven by that. It's, it's looking at and going, how can I? how can I place as much importance on rest as I do on achievement? And instead of telling myself, like Rob said, I'm wasting time to say I'm investing time. And what are you investing time in?
3: No.
1: What are you investing time in?
3: Myself.
0: Yourself. No, health. Oh, no, it's a, it's a marathon. You you have to think about the long run in these situations. you you, you keep yourself busy 16 hours of the day. What do you think is going to happen in the long run, huh? You're going to mm-hmm. you think it's going to last a long time. I, um, I'll i tell you what. Uh, a good story about working at the airport. I know I was doing like 16 hour days sometimes just back to back doubles and I could do it. Yeah. and I just I just knew I could and like I just felt like I had to work constantly. I did a whole summer and a winter season of that. And after a while, I I just felt like I was in a work warp, you know, time warp where I, I just time warp, you know, I was just constantly tired, exhausted, kind of, you know, grumpy, not being mm-hmm. able to like, be like, controlling of my emotions, you know, and my my anxiety was keeping me busy, you know, tricking my body into, you know, keeping it up. and. I, I, at this time, I was like 22, and mm-hmm. I could do that. I had the stamina, and all that stuff. I tried to do that stuff now, and especially after getting a taste of, you know, relaxing
3: with down, lockdown a
0: bit. and everything, slowing down a little bit. I just don't. You know, I wish I knew that back then. Mm-hmm. You know, to take take a rest, I would have been able to stick at this airport job as long as I could. After a while, I was making mistakes at the job, and they fired me.
3: And, well, know, and that—that's
1: a really good point to to make. Is uh, that that we feel like the more we put in, the better the outcome. Yet we're we're not meant for that. So the more we push, the greater likelihood that we will start to make mistakes and uh, fatigue and uh, feel uh, that exhaustion. And so some people feel like that's anxiety. And and other times it's like you just you may just be totally sleep deprived. Your body may not feel as anxious if it had regular sleep. And so that's where people uh, start to look at anxiety feels like a sense of angst uh apprehension is like worry about something's going to like constantly thinking and preparing for what's next, a sense of like, uh, of just that, that, that word apprehension, what am I thinking about? So most times we're worried about the future or we're stuck in the past. So we're, 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 we're really not in the moment, the present where we can look around and tell our brain and body there's absolutely nothing right now that's threatening to me that my body has to be activated my my nervous system and uh so that that those are the two nervous systems and we can talk about this in upcoming podcasts where i get much more uh, detailed so that people can understand the biology the psychology of what just this this feeling of anxiety is and um our body can can how we can retrain it by knowing these things yet today I feel like you guys really opened up the conversation and I guarantee you I mean every listener whether they're they feel like they're a super producer you know that they're they're uh they're functioning at you know a level 10 or they're they're feeling really slowed down and anxious and uh depleted by their anxiety what I think everybody can relate to this because anxiety is something that is uh, is part of our life. And uh, if we can learn how to identify it and know how our thoughts affect our behavior and affect our mood, and we can have so much more power over retraining ourselves to get into a healthier state and release some of this anxiety in a good way. So miigwech. Kyler and Rob, thank you for opening up and uh, letting us into your world about your 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 feelings with anxiety. And uh, it's something that I know we're, uh, we need to talk much more about. And so I will be signing off. Thank you, guys. Thank you for our listeners. P.S. Anxiety, whether it be high function or not, is something that we can learn to heal from.